training camp is almost here. We're going to talk about key positions to watch once practices begin today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, July 5th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Big shout out to subscribers to this podcast. And to join that group, just hit the subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted, so you'll never miss an episode of Locked On Jets. If you're watching on YouTube, please give the episode a big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Our episode today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it's an exciting week. The veterans report to training camp for the Jets. Practices will be underway a little bit later this week as the Jets will begin their preparation for the 2022 season. And today we're going to talk about some positions to watch in training camp. Now, I have to warn you, it's very easy to go overboard breaking down these training camp practices. Once the season begins, nobody remembers who the training camp standouts were. And in many instances, especially in these early practices before we even get to preseason games, there are false alarms, some guys standing out, some late round pick is getting first team reps. You don't want to go overboard because many times these things are forgotten quickly. Many times these are these are kind of blips on the radar. These aren't really things that make a difference in the long run, but there are some things to watch as training camp begins. And today I want to talk about some of the position groups to watch. As the Jets enter this training camp, they don't really have many traditional positional battles, but there are some positions where it's not really clear what the hierarchy is. And how the Jets handle things in training camp, the way they give out reps, could be an indication about where things stand. And again, I'm going to warn you, don't go crazy when you don't read too much into it, the way reps are allocated. Sometimes you're trying to test a guy out. You're giving a guy a chance to prove himself uh, against the first team. Sometimes you're trying to motivate a guy. Maybe you drop him to the second or third team just to give him some motivation. But I think the Jets will at least begin to paint the picture of how they're going to handle certain roles on this team based on the way they give out reps in training camp. And I think the first one to watch is the left tackle position. And we've talked through the offseason about how this is, an, this is an interesting spot. And Robert Sala during the offseason told us straight up that this was not Mekhi Becton's job. They were not going to hand the job right back to Mekhi Becton, which I think was kind of interesting. Now, George Fant, I think, played well enough last year to certainly earn an opportunity to keep the left tackle job. But in most cases, if you drafted a guy two years ago in the first round, a top 11 pick, and he gets injured, he'd step right back in and get the job back. But that's not the way the, the Jets are handling it. George Fant has a chance to win the left tackle job. Now, the implications are less dire than they would have been in a scenario where the Jets had drafted another tackle in the first round, because whoever is not the left tackle is going to be the starting right tackle. So this is really just about where players are. It's in some ways a positional battle, because... The left tackle position is kind of up in the air, but the loser still has a starting job on the offensive line at right tackle, which is a very important position 
in today's NFL. Now, if the Jets had drafted somebody, if the Jets had maybe drafted a tackle in the first round and that player was penciled in as the right tackle, then you have a real battle at the left tackle position because the loser would go to the bench. So the implica- the stakes are not that high. There are lots of different elements to this. There is the element that, first of all, I, I like the idea that you're not just handing the job to the first round pick. It's one of the things that drives me crazy in the NFL. I understand why teams do it because as a GM, you look bad if you bench your first round pick. You know, if your first round pick doesn't doesn't take the role you had him planned to take, then you can get criticism. So I like the fact that the Jets are not going purely on pedigree here at the left tackle position. But there's another element here that I think makes this a little bit less clear, and that's the fact George Fant is entering the final year of his contract. And that, to me, is kind of a strike against letting Fant play left tackle, because unless you're going to extend Fant, now if you extend Fant, this is off the table, but... If you let George Fant walk this offseason, then you have a huge hole at left tackle, one of the most important positions on your team. And then if you, if Mekhi Becton's your right tackle this year, and then you have, do you, are you switching him back to left tackle? Now you're flip-flopping Becton back and forth. It's a tricky spot. Another consideration that I think has to come into play here is you have two guys who are starting for you this year. And it there's a question about whether it's productive or not to have these guys flipping back and forth between left tackle and right tackle. Now, on some level, you probably have to do it a little bit because let's say Fant wins the left tackle job. If anything happens to George Fant, Becton's going to slide over to left tackle. So he's essentially whoever loses this job is going to be your backup left tackle. Whoever loses the job is going to be the starting right tackle, but they're also going to be the backup left tackle. And that's the way things worked last year when, of course, Mekhi Becton began the season as the left tackle. George Fant began the season as the starting right tackle, but Becton went down in the first game. Fant slides from the right side to the left side and ends up having a good year, which was interesting because he was having a horrible opener against Carolina on the right side. He moves over to the left side and plays well through the season. Morgan Moses steps in and plays right tackle. So you do have to get whoever the loser of the competition is, some reps at the left tackle position, but you also have to prepare them for right tackle. So I do think there's a little bit of a question of how early do you want to decide this? Do you want to make sure that, you know, do you want to take this into the games in the preseason to determine who's who's playing best? Or do you want to make an early decision and you just want to say, you know what, this is our left tackle. Let's get him as many reps on the left side as possible. Let's not confuse things. Let's not have him move over to the right side. Let's let's just make sure he's using the same techniques on every play. Let's make sure he's prepared for the season. And, you know, this kind of gets to the matter of why you prefer not to have camp battles. You'd rather have, you'd rather know who your starter is so you can get just get them prepared but that doesn't always work, and that's not the way things are working with the Jets right now. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. I don't really know how it's going to play out. It's entirely possible the Jets have already made up their mind here, or it's possible they've, they're close to making up their mind, but they want to see how things play out. If somebody plays exceptionally well, then maybe they, you know, maybe they, they keep their mind open, but maybe they're leaning one way or another. It's not really clear how the Jets are viewing this, or whether it's just going to be a pure battle where you have... Uh, you, you just flip these guys back and forth and whoever plays best at left tackle wins. And there's also a question of what the best alignment for your line is. Is it with Beck, is it with Fant at left tackle? Fant's more of a classic pass protector, whereas Becton's more of a road grader in the run game. So typically you'd, you'd have the guy who's the stronger run blocker on the right side. To be honest with you, I feel like that's one of those things that's just become common practice in the NFL and people really can't explain why. It's one of those things teams do it for the sake of doing it. It's not. There's not really anything written in stone that your best, that your the better run blocker has to be on the right side. I think where this emerged from is because the left tackle typically blocks the blind side for the quarterback. There are some players who just can't handle that, and 
when you're talking about your right tackle, your quarterback can help himself out a little bit more because he can see where the rusher is coming from. So the quarterback has a little bit more ability to move within the pocket, even even if the right tackle gets beaten. Whereas on the left side, if you're a right-handed quarterback, you can't see the guy the left tackle is blocking. So if the left tackle gets beat, you're in trouble because you can't you don't know if he's coming. You'll you'll never be able to feel the pressure. So I think where this came from is the idea that there are some tackles who maybe aren't good enough to play on the left side, but they're good enough to play on the right side. And, if, and especially, that's especially true if they're good run blockers. You know, maybe you don't quite have the athleticism that you trust to block your quarterback's blind side, but they're athletic enough to handle the right side. And they're also good. They add run blocking to the, to the mix, which is more important, you know, which is on, on the left side, the premium is pass blocking because your quarterback can't see who the brusher is. I think that maybe that's where it came from. But if you have a, if you have a left tackle who can, who can run block, that's a good thing. And, you know, if you have a right tackle who can only pass block, I mean, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world, especially in today's NFL, because through the years, defenses have adjusted because they've seen that the best pass blockers tended to be on the left side. So defensive coordinators in recent years have started saying, well, if the best pass blocker is the left tackle, we're going to match our best pass rusher up with the right tackle then, who's a lesser blocker. So this is less set in stone than it's been in the past, I think. But it will be interesting. I'm not really sure where the Jets are going. My guess is that they're probably leaning towards Fant as the left tackle because all reports are the coaching staff absolutely loves Fant and they like the job he did last year. He did play pretty well. But we don't really know for sure. And I think this will be, you know, there's all this talk. You always get coach speak before training camp. But once training camp begins and you begin to see how the reps are allocated, then you really get to, you get a sense of what the coaching staff is seeing how they're approaching things and their mind could be changed by exceptional performances, but we'll, we'll finally have an idea. I think this week of where the jets are viewing this competition. Now, I don't think the running back position is necessarily a competition. There are going to be plenty of carries to go around for the jets, talented young stable in the backfield, but ahead here on the lockdown jets podcast, I'll talk about my questions about how carries are going to be allocated. That's ahead here on this Monday episode. Of course, we are beginning, we are approaching the start of training camp, and that means soon we will have games to watch, we'll have games to bet on. And you should know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all of your latest favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league. That includes Major League Baseball, it includes the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, and yes, the NFL. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to the BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. And you don't even need to bet on games. BetOnline has NFL futures. If you really like the offseason the Jets had, if you think they're going to surprise people, you can put some money down and make it once the Jets have a good season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Training camp begins this week. We're that It's a big step as we get ready, f- heading towards the 2022 season. Today we're talking about positions to watch. The Jets don't have many position battles in the sense that people are battling specifically to either see 100% of the action or 0% of the action. But... The way players are utilized is kind of up in the air. And I think one area which is not entirely clear how the Jets are going to utilize their players is the running back position. And this is a talented backfield for the Jets. This is, I think, the most talented stable of running backs the Jets have had 
in some time because you have two guys who are very young who are also very talented guys you've drafted in the past two years Michael Carter who looks like an absolute steal in the fourth round last year quality back the Jets got top of round four and then Brees Hall who they traded up for in round two this year and I'm a little nervous because I've been hyping Brees Hall up so much that I don't want to I guess you don't want to put expectations that are too high on a young player but I, I really think he could be good and Listen, you don't trade up for a running back in round two unless you think he's going to be a great player, unless you think he's the type of guy who maybe can, he's the type of back who can change your offense. I think the question for me is whether they will begin camp with Carter as the incumbent number one back or whether they're going to give Brees Hall more playing time. And in some ways, this question is a bit academic because there are going to be plenty of carries for both of these backs. I think the Jets are going to want to use a tandem. And I think the Jets are really, I think if you look at the way the Jets handled this offseason, they went young at the receiver position, drafting Garrett Wilson. They passed on some options who were veterans who maybe helped Zach Wilson out a bit, but they traded up for Brees Hall. And they got Lakin Tomlinson at guard, who's a strong run blocker. So to me, this tells you that, of course, they want the passing game to be better. And of course, they want Zach Wilson to develop. And they want Zach Wilson to grow with these young receivers they've drafted, whether you're talking Elijah Moore or whether you're talking Garrett Wilson. But I think the primary focus is going to be to run the ball. And that's no surprise, really, because Mike LaFleur, of course, is off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. And Kyle Shanahan's all about establishing the run, making life easier for his quarterback, basing things off play action pretty logical I, I think you know, you have to figure out a way to help out your young quarterback you do not want your young quarterback in a situation where he's dropping back 30 times a game and has to scan the entire field and go through you know three four progressions on each play you want to put him on easy downs and distances you want to take as much off his plate as possible because no matter how much you take off a young quarterback's plate there are going to be times where he has to step up but you don't want that to have to happen on every single play and I think the way the Jets are going to do that with Zach Wilson this year is through the run game, and it's the offensive line, which on paper, you know, games are not played on paper. I feel like every year I talk about something that's good on paper that doesn't work out for the Jets, but on paper, an offensive line that should be able, that should be a very capable run-blocking unit, and a pair of really talented young running backs, along with a veteran in Tevin Coleman, although I think Coleman's going to be, you know, a guy who maybe gets a couple touches a game and maybe comes in on pass-blocking downs. You know, when you have young running backs, sometimes they struggle a little bit in pass protection. It's good to have a back like Coleman in there, a guy who's got a reputation for being a really good pass blocker, in addition to being a good route runner and a good receiver. He'll, he'll have his use. But really, I think that this backfield tandem is going to be Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Now, my question is, what's going to be the allotment of the touches? And you know, we won't find that out entirely in training camp, but again, we'll get a good idea. Does Michael Carter take the field with the first team every day? Or are they going to begin with Carter as the incumbent? being the number one guy, and then Brees Hall will have to earn the job? Or do they think Brees Hall is so good that he's going to be able to take the role immediately? And I feel like over the course of the season, what's probably going to happen, and this, again, to some degree makes it a bit academic, I feel like over the course of the season, Brees Hall is going to take on a bigger role, even if he's not the number one guy right away, just because of the talent level. But we'll see where the Jets are as they begin training camp. Is it going to be a case where it's going to, where they're expecting a 50-50 alignment? Is it going to be a, maybe two-thirds to Carter? Or maybe are they going to lean more towards Hall? And of course, you know, injuries also happen, especially at the running back position. I always say, though, you should have expectations that are fairly low for a young player. Running back's an exception. Running back guys is a spot where guys tend to come into the league and immediately hit the ground running. And the reason for that is, although there's technique involved at the running back position, on some level, you can either make it happen with the ball in your hands, or you can't. It's not like receiver where you have to 
figure out there, there are lots of nuanced things where you have to figure out an assortment of, re, of releases against press coverage or a route tree you know a lot of receivers come from college offenses where they're asked to do a fraction of what they have to do in the nfl as far as re, the number of routes go the number of releases lots of receivers come into the nfl not very technically refined of course there's technical parts of being a running back and especially when you're talking pass protection, uh, when you're talking about going out on routes in the passing game, that matters. And even in the run game, there's there are certain things with we talk about footwork. There, there are best practices you have to learn. But again, when the ball's in your hands, you can either make it happen or you can't. And that's one of the reasons I think you see young players hit the, hit the ground running. That's one of the reasons Michael Carter was so good right off the bat a year ago. So I don't think it's unfair to expect big things right away from Brees Hall because running backs have a short shelf life. You take a lot of hits as a running back. Running back is not a position where players age well. You're kind of sacrificing long-term gains that you get at other positions for short-term impact. And what the Jets need right now is that, yes, they're looking to build something for the long haul, but they also need short-term impact. They need immediate impact to help out Zach Wilson. So Zach's not constantly in third and long situations where he's in trouble, where the defense can pin back its ears. And you don't want Zach to have to you know hit 30 passes from the pocket every game to win. You want to be able to move the ball on the ground. Easiest way to move the ball in the NFL if you can run the ball effectively. So a lot on Brees Hall's plate, a lot on Michael Carter's plate. We'll see how the Jets view this at the beginning of the season. Now, I think over the course of the season, things may shift a little bit. So this is really just kind of your first view on things. But will Michael Carter begin the season as the number one back? Will it be kind of a 50-50 split? Or are the Jets leaning a little bit more towards Brees Hall? We'll at least begin to get our first answers to that as training camp begins. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will talk about one more position to watch. It's the quarterback position. It's not about the starting quarterback. We know that's Zach Wilson. What did the Jets have in mind behind him, though? That's what we'll discuss here as we continue on this Monday episode. Sometimes you're in a situation where you're a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you've got another save the date, and you're wondering how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that helps you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without, without, without any hang-ups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 inst- instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're talking about positions that could be under the microscope for the Jets as training camp practices begin this week. And I'm going to conclude by talking about the quarterback position. And I'm not talking about the starter. We know Zach Wilson's the starter. Zach Wilson enters training camp once again as the undisputed starter. But it's not entirely clear what the Jets have in mind behind him because they brought back two veterans on multi-million dollar deals this offseason, two guys who were free agents, both of whom started games for the team last year, Mike White and Joe Flacco. And of the games that were started last year, I think it was clear Mike White had the better year. Now, he had a bad game against Buffalo, but he had that spectacular performance on Halloween against the Cincinnati Bengals and actually played a pretty good quarter the Thursday night following that against the Indianapolis Colts and then had to leave the game with an injury. Uh, Then Flacco, who the Jets traded for after Zach Wilson got hurt against New England, uh, ended up starting a game a few weeks later against Miami and 
statistically look decent, but um, I think a little bit deceptive because those numbers were really helped by one great play by Elijah Moore. Outside of that, I think Flacco was pretty unremarkable. The Jets brought both back in free agency. Kind of an interesting move. Jets are paying a lot for the two for two backup quarterbacks this year. Um, and I usually I usually say, you know, teams don't underinvest in the backup quarterback spot. But even I was a little struck by what, what the Jets did as far as the backups go this year. I, I've been wondering whether they believe in Mike White for a long time. This goes back to when they, when Zach Wilson went down last year, they immediately traded for Flacco. And then the second White had a bad game. Once, once they felt like Flacco knew the play was comfortable enough to execute a game plan after he'd been there a few weeks, he was right in the lineup against Miami. So part of me wonders whether they're looking to trade Mike White. Well, we'll I think we'll get a better sense of this as training camp begins. And again, you have to look at which, where these guys are playing. Is this going to be a situation where Mike White and Joe Flacco are splitting time with the second team? You know, who's, who's with the second team? Who's with the third team? My guess here is that they're probably leaning more towards Flacco as the as the primary backup, just because I don't understand why you'd bring Flacco in as the number three quarterback. And although, I, listen, I understand, I get that the Jets had to go to three quarterbacks last year, but most of the time you're not going to have be in that situation in the NFL. And I feel like some, something's going to happen here. So I feel like something is going to give here because it's just not it's not normal that you'd have three quarterbacks. Maybe you have three quarterbacks if you drafted somebody and you're kind of using it maybe as a day three pick and you're using the roster spot for in a developmental role. But I don't think the Jets are going to keep... I'd be kind of surprised if they kept both... Anything can happen. Of course, injuries can happen. So, you know, sometimes these situations are answered organically. But I'm intrigued to see what happens here. My read on the situations, Flacco is probably going to be the backup, but... Uh, we'll find out a little bit more. Again, these are just kind of my reads based on what the Jets have done, based on what the Jets have told us in press conferences, Robert Sala and the rest of the coaching staff. But we'll find out for sure. We'll find out more information, maybe not for sure, but we'll find out more information this week. Because once the practices begin, you see who's with the first team, you see who's with the second team, you see with the, who's with the third team, and the coaches can say whatever they want. There is some meaning behind that. It's not necessarily set in stone. Guys can either move up the depth chart or down the depth chart with good or bad play, but at least can gives you a little bit of a barometer about where things stand right now. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.